after the third eight and eight season by Jason Garrett, 2011, 2012, 2013, three straight and eight seasons. What if the Cowboys fired Jason Garrett after that 2013 season? And at the time, there were two prominent and, you know, uh, very well accoladed head coaches on the market at the time. Don't hurt me. Named Andy Reid and Bruce Arians. <laughs> oh no, I broke Lutz. Woo! It's the boy, Bubba Lutz, coming through. Ella Clutch, flawless, can't be touched. It's your boy, Bubba Lutz. Yeah, I need that hot take. I need the truth and everything that is not fake. So tell me. Welcome back, Bubba Bunch, to another episode of the Bubba Lutz Sports Podcast. This is now episode 149, closing in on 150. Under dear God, that is that's insane. Ridiculous. Yeah, I'll probably that's I think a hundred of them have been since like the rebirth of the podcast. Probably a good like yeah. That's like September. I think September was the first episode I brought to like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. and all that. And then on YouTube, um, probably like six or seven months already. But um, this is a resurrection of a series I did on the audio podcast, but never really did it on the YouTube channel. I did it once when I was reacting to my favorite sports moments, you know, with the video portion, but it was a basically a revamp of the audio portion um, from like months ago. So this is another top five list, but today Kevin is joining me on doing... A specialty version of that with the, our, with our biggest what ifs in NFL history. So NFL is our our, our sport. You know, football yep. is our sport. Maybe we can do some more on some other sports. But I mean, this is the first one that comes to mind, and this was a great idea by by you. So um, I I actually you know, struggled a little bit with you know finding you? the last few. There was a few that like I knew immediately like I needed to talk about. Yeah. I've probably talked about it before, but I, I thought like the last few, I was like, okay, like that's actually like a good talking point. And, and this is not like the biggest what ifs because there are some that are obvious. There are some that are, that you just think of immediately in your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, I don't really want to focus on that. Cause like, I mean, they've probably been talked about enough. So these are for me, my biggest what ifs. Yeah. Um, so, um, Bubba Bunch, uh, tell us. You know, what what you think, if there's any what-ifs that we missed, uh, put them in the comments down below. Appreciate any ones that are so uh, prevalent in your mind and exactly, relevant in your yeah. mind. Yeah. Very personal, you know, with yeah. your team or whatever. Um, but, yeah, leave them in the comments down below. Let us know your thoughts. Like, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're on 82 subscribers. You know, closing in on 100, so anything can help. If you've already subscribed, thank you so much. If... Uh, if you have, then then share it with your friends and family. Let's let's try to get to that hundred mark. Um, but let's get it started, shall we? Yes. Okay. So, do you want to go first, or, or do I go first? I think since we just talked about it, and Gilbert, you know, kind of made the segue for it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Gilbert's one of our close friends, and uh, he texted Kevin, saying, uh, "You know what name popped up in my head randomly? Johnny Manziel." And Johnny Manziel. My first one on the list is probably a, a very 
reoccurring nightmare that I have in my life, which is the 2014 draft. Uh, when I was watching it in my living room back in El Paso, and the Cowboys had the what 17th, 18th overall pick. Yeah, it was it was around there, 17, 18. Really. Uh, I mean, it was a mid first round draft pick, and as it got closer and closer, the name Johnny Manziel kept popping up. Yeah, I remember that draft. I wasn't too happy when uh, Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper kept saying Johnny Manziel. Mel Kuyper kept mentioning how Jerry Jones loves this guy, and he would like to take a chance on him, and they kept saying, oh, Tony Romo's kind of, you know, toward the end of his career, maybe it's time to think about the future with all of his injuries. And, I mean, they weren't wrong. They weren't wrong, but Johnny Menzel was not the right guy for that situation. No, absolutely not. And uh, the other thing, too, is, like, every everybody knew that Johnny Menzel had, like, an attitude problem. And he, he had more he was, than, he, that was more than one problem. Yeah, he had an attitude problem. He he was just he was, he basically was like everything that everybody was talking about Baker Mayfield coming out of college and which I don't get. I I, I, I mean I, I get the maturity know. thing, um, but th- there's a huge difference between Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield in my opinion. But that's for another day. So yeah. my first what if on my top five is if Johnny Manziel was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. So briefly, let's just think about how that would work. So it's 2014, right? So Mm -hmm. this was, what, right after the the Dez caught it situation against the Green Bay Packers? No, actually. 2014 was the Dez caught it season. He did in 2015. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was the 2015, like, January. Playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So... Um, so Tony Romo's still in his prime and he, they probably played their best season in 2014 slash 2015. That was Tony Romo's like MVP year. He had like 4,500 yards or something like that. Like, uh, he had a pretty good touchdown interception ratio. He, he, he was, he was balling out. Um, his connection with Des Bryant was probably the best it's ever been. Yeah. Um, DeMarco Murray, correct? That was the year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, DeMarco Murray. popped off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So the team is rolling at that point. Um, and uh, I would say a lot of that has to do with their offensive line, which Mm -hmm. was improved in that first round with Zach Martin out of Notre Dame. Yeah. Big time. I remember, you know, watching that draft and it got closer and closer to that draft pick and they're saying Johnny Menzel, Johnny Menzel, he's still on the board. He's still on the board. And I'm like, if, if he gets drafted by the Cowboys, I, I will legitimately stop rooting for the Cowboys because I did not believe in Johnny Manziel whatsoever. I thought he was overhyped. You know, he made some good plays at A&M, but I thought overall that the play style, the way he played quarterback was just so frantic. It wasn't yeah. pro-ready. And, of course, the immaturity issues, all the issues off the field, you know, all those things that I saw, like him partying and all that. It's, it was just a bad look, but it made sense in Dallas because it was going to get headlines. It was going to get the Jerry stamp of approval, essentially. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't have affected that 2014 season. I don't, I don't think so. I think it would have been the same way overall on how much success they had in that season. Um, it, it would have been a little bit different just with that offensive line, but they still had an overall fantastic o- offensive line. Yeah. But the headline would have been, when is Johnny Manziel coming in? When is he going to get his chance? You know, yeah. every conversation is going to be about Johnny Manziel. 
And knowing what we know about Johnny Manziel now, who's not even playing football anymore, and he's past that point of his life, yeah, it, it would have been a circus show, kind of like how Tim Tebow was with the Jets, with the Patriots, yeah. with the Eagles, like all of those different situations where the backup has more attention on him than the actual starter. And we think about Zach Marr now and how much of a great guard he is, not only with the Cowboys, but around the league. Think oh, yeah. about how different that would have been if fucking Johnny Football would have come <laughs> to Dallas. So I, I think of this more as like a long-term thing where, so in 2014, I believe there was, I believe there was one game where Tony Romo had an injury scare. And I think it was like one of the first things about his back. I think if I remember correctly. So in that situation, Manziel probably could have had a, a chance to come in because of that injury scare. But uh, but I, I don't think it was that serious, so I don't think it would have happened. But like I said, I think it was more as the long term. We drafted him in 2014. 2015 the was the year. year. The yeah. shit year. Yeah, exactly. 2015 was the shit year and the year that uh, Romo broke his collarbone. Or what was his collarbone or his it back? It was... It, it was his clavicle. It, his, it clavicle his clavicle, yeah. It, it, was, it was his clavicle against the Eagles. That's right, yes. So it was the second game of the season, and that's when Romo broke his clavicle. Right there, literally just a year later, learning behind Romo from 2014, he would have had a shot in 2015 in the second game. Uh, that's where been, I, He would have been the guy for the rest of the year. Because yeah, that year exactly. it was Brandon Ween and... And then, Matt, and then Matt Castle came in after that. Was John Kitna still on the team? I don't think so. I think it was Brandon Whedon for a couple games. We didn't like how it was working out. And then Matt Castle came in towards the end of the season. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, dude, I just remember that Jets game on like Thursday night. Oh, I, were we? Yeah. I had no emotion during that game. I just yeah. knew they were going to lose because the, yeah. the season was over. But And oh, that's when like was... Darrell Revis was still like, you know, not super shut down, but he was still really, really good in general. You know what and, I do remember about that game? Sorry to interrupt. But which you, one? That was when Ryan Fitzpatrick was still like the, like the quarterback for the Jets. Oh, that's right. I remember, I remember the post game interview. Wait, like the one where like his like his uh his bridge of his nose was like yes, bleeding and all that, and yeah. then they scare him, and so he's like, mm-hmm. and he just looks in the camera, dude. Yeah. I remember being so mad after that game, like <laughs> that the season is just shit. And I remember watching, I was like, oh, that's actually that's actually pretty funny. That's actually pretty funny. Yeah, that, that's that's an all time like classic uh, folly now. I guess that they, they is, call that it. That is such a good like meme. Yeah, but um, yeah, dude. So Johnny Menzel would have been our quarterback in 2015 if you would have drafted him. And do I think he would have been able to do something? Uh, not really. No. Uh, like you said, he was a very frantic style quarterback. And actually, it's kind of funny because nowadays that's what the NFL is now. Not not frantic, but like you know. The way he played over here is that he was scrambling a lot. You know, he would make decisions like on the go. Like that's what the NFL is now. But back then things were a little different and I don't think it would have worked. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, let's be real. Like in college, he had talent, but translated onto the NFL field. uh, Do I think, do I think we would have gone better than four and 12 that season with Johnny Menzel? I don't think so. Maybe one more game, five and 11. But I really don't see like a turnaround. I, 
I think we would have had a mediocre uh, season even with Johnny Menzel. And then we still probably would have drafted like Dak Prescott next season or gone for the assumed uh, Paxton Lynch that Jerry Jones wanted so bad in 2016. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been the exact same thing that happened in Cleveland for him. I mean, it, it would oh, have been yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh, there, there is, there is sh- like signs. There's, there's, there's like little glimmers, showcases. Little glimmers and yeah, all that. Yeah, glimpses of like his talent. But it just mm-hmm. wasn't developed in the like the full potential, and Damn. but I think it just would have been exploited to a whole different degree with him being in Dallas. So the pressure would have been even higher, and mm-hmm. ultimately, I mean, he's dealt with you know alcohol abuse and a lot of mental problems, and I think it would have been worse if yeah. he if he goes down to Dallas and plays there because it wouldn't mm-hmm. have worked out, especially. Really, no. yeah. and, and and who knows? Like at, at that point. This is where the long term comes into play, and this will wrap up this one. Is if if he plays that 2015 season with the Dallas Cowboys, he gets drafted in 2014. Then they go into the 2016 season thinking like, okay, Tony Romo's our guy, and then he would have got hurt in the preseason game against Seattle again with mm-hmm. his back. And then what are we left with? We're left with with Johnny. With, with Johnny, maybe Cooper Rush would have been there to save the day because he would have his opportunity. But yeah. it would have been back to Johnny Manziel again. And at that point, the 2016 season doesn't happen. It, the the yeah. success, it, you know, you have Zeke in the backfield. But what if you would have spent that first-round pick on a quarterback? Yeah. Like, that. that's how that's how weird these, like, what-ifs are. By the way, I looked up the roster for 2015. And, you know, I was thinking, like, there's another quarterback that I'm thinking about. But mm-hmm. it wasn't um, – it wasn't um, – John Kidna. It wasn't John Kidna. It was Jamil Showers. Oh, that's right. I remember. Jamil I remember that. Showers. Season. Kellen Moore was yeah. still a quarterback as well. Yeah. But Jamil Showers was fighting for a spot on that roster. Which I remember that getting. season, uh, like, literally, uh, everybody here in El Paso was, like, so excited because, you know, uh, our UTEP boy, Jamil Showers, got on the Cowboys practice squad, and he yeah. was fighting for a spot. And then I, I remember getting the notification on ESPN, and it was like uh, – players downgraded to uh practice squad or, or or like or like special teams or something like that mm-hmm. and it was jamil showers and he switched to strong safety and i was like oh damn that, I mean, that, that sucks dude was like that. that dude's like long like, he, yeah he was good i mean i i thought he was okay he, he, he had a colin good. kaepernick type of build yeah which, he did. i mean at that time like it made sense and i mean he wasn't bad at at utep but yeah. I mean, I, I was like, it's a win. And this was before Will Hernandez, Aaron Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, this was like the first, like, UTEP product that had some promise. But unfortunately, he got picked by a Cowboy team that didn't really obviously need a quarterback. So, I mean, nah, it was just, it was, they just, it was just unfortunate. Teams and, and just yeah. depth. But it wasn't yeah. for quarterback. Okay, yeah. Kevin, what is All next right. on your list? Or where's the so, first on your list? So, the first on my list, and this is the one that where I got my inspiration from. Uh, what if Robert Griffin III, RG3, never got injured? What do you think would have happened if he never got injured? I think it would have been the same idea that happened with Michael Vick. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same idea that will eventually happen with Lamar Jackson, even though Lamar Jackson, out of all three of them, probably has the most potential to to last in the NFL. Mm Because of his situation... And his athletic ability is just on another level. Um, yeah. But I think eventually in an organization that's as bad 
as it was with the Washington Redskins. Um, I mean, I, it's it's hard because those quarterbacks just do not last. He was yeah. he was a very run heavy quarterback that mm-hmm. that knew when to use his arm, but he <laughs> also didn't know when to stop using his legs, and that was that was his downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, now that injury against Seattle in in the playoff game, so that was his re injury. That was his re injury. Yeah, so that yeah the yeah. re injury. But I just remember that play so. It's, it was well. oh dude, it was awful. It was such a bad even play. with the, like, like a brace you. on. Yeah, he's still basically dislocated his knee and that was horrific um uh, i mean it's hard man i i can't yeah i loved rg3 at baylor i thought him in college oh my god he was so good it was so fun to watch and it brought a different Mm -hmm. atmosphere to to Mm -hmm. the game um all in all though i think it, it was the best thing for for football though like I know that he has to take that sacrifice of like basically ruining his career. I mean, he's still in the NFL, but he's never going to be a starter again. But yeah. it also helped a lot of these players like understand like I can't play like that. I can't play to where I'm using my legs all the time and I'm taking these huge hits. Eventually, mm-hmm. would it helped with like quarterback quarterbacks getting hit because they got to be more careful. There's more rule set to it. You know the yeah. the unnecessary roughness calls like you you have to think that rg3 had a part in that and yeah i mean the last thing i'll, I'll say about that because i i mean it, it's such a clear one that comes to mind when you say about what ifs because mm-hmm. andrew luck had a great career but what if he continued his career and he didn't yeah. have that many injuries and rg3 yeah. is right there with him but like what about kirk cousins what if what if kirk cousins never got his opportunity after rg3 because he took over he really became the franchise guy he was a very different quarterback but he was more of a balanced guy that you can rely on that's never going to have those injury threats like rg3 had and and that's ultimately what got him his money in minnesota so if rg3 never gets hurt i'd say he balls out for a couple years and then he starts to fade away because it's just not going to last in this league yeah and then Kirk Cousins is probably a backup, or he's traded away to a different team that may give him a chance, may not, and he's a backup quarterback now. Like that's that's a big what if. Yeah, I mean, so this what if, like, it's really it's really sad, it's really unfortunate because RG three was so electrifying to watch. Like he was, RG three was one of those players that like you knew once he stepped on the field, something big was gonna happen always and i'll never forget the thanksgiving game his rookie year against the cowboys he torched us absolutely torched us you were there i was there yeah yeah so you were there to witness the murder (laughs) i I was not happy that was my first cowboys game too oh yeah he uh he torched us big time i think he like ran for over 100 yards he threw for over 200 he had a couple touchdowns I mean, my man was just balling that game. He was so good. And even in other games, too, you know, like he had like these massive, like long runs of like 70 plus yards. You know, he he just he, he had that balance of, like you said, where he knew when to through the uh, throw the ball and when to run. However, I remember I was watching the game when he first got injured. And I think it was against the Bears or the Vikings. And I still remember the hit. And, dude, he kind of got, like, 
he kind of got like a little bit of elevation in the air and then some lineman hit him on the side and you just saw like his leg like his whiplash. leg like like yeah. whiplash yeah dude it was oh it was bad it wasn't as bad as the seattle game because that one was gruesome horrific but that one was still bad and i remember just i was like oh no like this is i guess this was the inevitable you know because like we said back then like offenses weren't really made around like running with the quarterback so when the quarterback ran that was his idea and there was no actual plan around it unlike lamar jackson nowadays where literally baltimore makes quarterback runs with blocking down the field already like you know in position so yeah i mean you know as unfortunate as it was it was the inevitable and it really sucks that this happened to him because you know i i don't think he would i don't think he would have been lamar jackson because you know he still had his faults but rg3 was a very very exciting talented electrifying player to watch and it sucks it really sucks um he he's the epitome of a dual threat quarterback yeah exactly. i mean he was he really was ever since michael vick he was kind of that that first one in a long time to where you're like he's a dual threat we don't yeah. know what to do we, yeah. we can't plan for him and he was such a good leader too like everyone he, loved he was him, i loved him mm-hmm. he, he was such a, a lovable guy he did great things at baylor even though like they weren't a prominent school uh for football Mm-hmm. Um, but once he got in the league, like he just, he just, he, he felt comfortable and, and everyone in the locker room just felt, you know, what he was feeling as far as like success and that Washington Redskins team, um, was, was something else that year. I mean, they, they, it was, it was an NFC East division that year that was like unpredictable. And yeah. It was a lot mm-hmm. to do with RG3 because if you beat them, like congratulations you you did something that no one else in the league can really do right now yeah and if you lost them well hey it's rg3 he really can't and you you know what i don't know if you remember but that wild card playoff game against the seahawks they almost won that drive where he injured his knee that was like the game winning drive like if he would have like went down the field it was super so yeah so man it sucks uh I, i mean i'm glad he's still in the nfl he still has a job uh, you know, he's behind Lamar Jackson, so he's never going to get a shot. But, uh, yeah, rip. I mean, rip RG3's prime career, I guess we would say. But uh, he was he was he was a great dude. He was Definitely. great to watch. Definitely. So, and I mean, one of the reasons why Lamar Jackson's who Lamar Jackson is today. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. real. That's true. Yeah. All, All right. right. Let's what's your what's your second what if? My second what if is also a pair of quarterbacks. That know oh. how to use their legs. Oh, okay. What if Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes carried on with their baseball careers? Oh, that's a good one, actually. That's yeah, a really good one. I mean, like, you can. There's so many what ifs about Patrick Mahomes. Like, what if he started his rookie year? Like, mm-hmm. what, what if he just took over for Alex Smith and, and never had a chance to learn the system? Yeah. Um, uh, what if Patrick Mahomes like would have won that AFC Championship game against the Patriots, you know, two years ago? He would have been a double Super Bowl champ. Probably, it would have been one of the great, most anticipated matchups, rematches mm-hmm. from a season ever in the NFL with the Rams. Oh yeah, Russell Wilson. I mean, this man just can do. He, he does everything right. So, I know, but <laughs> I mean, one of the biggest things was Russell Wilson was 
like he was doing spring training with the the Yankees. Like, he, yeah, he, he mm-hmm. could have been with the team. Patrick Mahomes yeah. out of college, you, you could put him in any sport. He'll he'll do it right. I mean, he yeah. has the arm for it, and mm-hmm. he was also a very good baseball player. Yeah. Yet the wrist injuries that uh, occurred, you know, led him toward football. And and now these two guys are the two best quarterbacks in the league. Imagine how different this football league would look if Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes would not be there at all. Well. Do the Seahawks have any success at all? I mean, probably not just because before Russell Wilson got drafted to the Seahawks, man, they were just cycling and cycling through these backup quarterbacks. Like, what what, what did we have? We had, like, Tavares Jackson. Their we best had, quarterback uh, before Russell Wilson was Matt Flynn. Yeah, Matt Flynn was there for a while, too. I remember that. Um, dude, I don't know. I think that the Seahawks would have been in complete disarray. Uh, they probably wouldn't have have near any success at all and i guess i i wouldn't say the same towards the patrick mahomes situation however the only reason why i say that's different is because when patrick mahomes stepped in alex smith was on his last year of his contract and that's why he went to washington so if patrick mahomes wasn't in the nfl and he was in baseball I think Alex Smith would still have a starting job at Kansas City. Probably not right now because it's like Patrick Mahomes' third year already. But at least for like maybe the next two years after that, Alex Smith would have still been in Kansas City. And, you know, they probably still would have had success, you know, because Alex, because I said like in a recent podcast that I really liked Alex Smith in Kansas City. I thought he was great. Uh, Andy Reid and him really seemed to click. It's just like they couldn't make it past like the divisional round in the playoffs, you know? Um, so I think with the Chiefs situation, they would have sought success just with Alex Smith. But we wouldn't have this, like, electrifying talent, this God-given generational talent that Patrick Mahomes is that we're seeing. I think in this what-if scenario, they're both losses, but I think the Seahawks have more loss than the Chiefs in this one. Uh, I mean, Andy Reid can make any quarterback really work. And that's a fact. And he made Andy Reid or he made um, Alex Smith work for a a good amount of time. He was a good placeholder. Um, He really couldn't do everything he wanted to. um, Mm. And he even he couldn't prepare for what Patrick Mahomes could do and what he did once he entered. I mean, could anybody? (laughs) No. Uh, No way. That's a once in generational talent. And yeah. I mean, Andy Reid has worked with some of the best that we've seen in our lifetime. Like yeah. he's worked with Donovan McNabb, he's worked with Michael Vick. Um, he he made fucking well, what's his name, Kevin Kevin Cobb or whatever. Oh okay. yeah, Kevin Ke- Kevin. How do they pronounce it? Cobb? Kevin Cole Cole Kevin. I think Kolb? it's Cobb because it, but it's K O L B. But it's pronounced Cobb. Yeah. Yeah. He okay. made that work. Like he made him look like a superstar for like half a season. Yeah. So Andy Reid can make anything work. It's just a matter of you know if if a quarterback can make Andy Reid work better. Like, yeah, that, that makes any that's, sense. That's, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson, like it, it, without Russell Wilson, I think the Seahawks are are five five hundred team. Like they would have had a great defense, but I mean it's kind of like the Jaguar situation. Like eventually that yeah. defense is going to fall mm-hmm. apart, 
and yeah. they're going to ask for money, but there's nothing that we can do. Plus, their offensive line has been atrocious for 10 yeah. years, and they barely started to figure out, like, hey, maybe we should protect the quarterback. Yeah, you know, don't and, do don't do what the Colts did. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And even then, Russell Wilson makes it work. Yeah. I, but my biggest thing is, like, what if they did go to baseball? Like, what would their success be at that level? So, uh, okay, so Russell Wilson was originally drafted by the Colorado Rockies, I believe. If I'm not – I think so. Yeah, he wasn't He uh, wasn't drafted by the Yankees. No, no, he was drafted by the that, Colorado Rockies. I don't remember that, but I don't remember – he, he got traded to the, the Rangers, I think, like his second right. year in yeah. the league. He did spring and training with them. He went to the spring training with the Rangers, and he didn't have a lot of playing time. Uh, he had a couple at-bats. He did all right. It was it was okay, whatever. But he still chose football. But then the headlines came out that the Yankees picked him up. Now, I don't know if this was a publicity stunt, which more more than likely it was, because when the Yankees picked him up, it was the year that he signed his contract, because it was like his fourth year. Remember, like his first contract, yeah. the, the, the the smaller one. Uh, I think it was more of a publicity stunt, just to get more, you know, like attention. Uh, but you know, that that says something, you know, that the fact that you know you're already a proven star in the NFL. And these MLB teams are still like, you know, wanting you. They're still getting you. Uh, so what do I think Russell Wilson's impact would have been in baseball? He was a shortstop, if I believe correctly. Um, he should have stayed in Colorado because Colorado needed a shortstop back then. Um, Rip Schwartz with But uh, I think his impact in baseball would have been decent. I never personally saw him play baseball a lot. I saw him very, very minimally. I think he would have been decent. However, Patrick Mahomes, though, that boy, we already know he has an arm. Can you imagine what that arm would do with the baseball? Oof. Did he play uh, pitcher? Yeah, I think so. Wasn't he a pitcher? Yeah. That that always comes to mind. God bless, man. Imagine that arm. Can you imagine Patrick Mahomes flinging 98? right by your face uh uh i think patrick mahomes would have been phenomenal uh uh, i never really watched him play but just from what we've seen so far with football i think that boy could have been some some dangerous as well he he gives me aaron judge vibes well as far as what think so what kind of hype and publicity he would bring to the sport russell wilson to me would be a role player He'd be a great yeah. role player. He'd be like a Dustin Pedroia. Like, you know, yeah. like he does everything well, but he's not going to ask for, for the headlines. He's not going to ask for the the paparazzi. Yeah, that's that, that's why I was saying that Russell Wilson, he probably would have been good. He probably would have been just, you know, like a very a very decent player, uh, but nothing like to like wow the fans or like wow the organization like he's doing right now in football. Right. So. But yeah. Patrick Mahomes gives me those vibes to where he gets the attention, but he'll just do spectacular things, whether it's at the plate, on the mound, on the field, mm-hmm. whatever. He yeah. will do it. Like, he will shock you. I, I don't yeah. think he'll be as good as he is in football, but yeah. he pa- he can do anything at this point. Patrick Mahomes probably wouldn't be like a Garrett Cole-type pitcher where he's absolutely, like, dominant. But he's he'd probably be that pitcher where, like, you know, like you should still be afraid of him because of what he can do. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I, I, that's a good one. I I, I like that one. I like plus, that it, one. plus, his dad was a pitcher. His dad was a pitcher. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. why I'm thinking about it. Um, All right. Yeah. All right. So my second uh, scenario. What if in the 2004 NFL draft, Eli Manning and Philip Rivers didn't switch? Don't care. Both are trash. I'm see, kidding. I'm kidding. See, uh, I've always been against you when it comes to Philip Rivers. I've never, I've never thought he was like a goat or like a god or whatever. But I do think Philip Rivers, what had a decent and good career. Now, oh, I mean, yeah, what you if, can say decent. I, I can say decent. He he did really well, good things with the Chargers. But did. then again, he didn't win a Super Bowl. Like he had Ladainian well, Tomlinson. Okay, so that's okay. I was about to say that that 2000, what was it, 2006 season? I think that was his like really, really only chance to get a, to a Super Bowl, and he messed up. I disagree. I disagree. Really? Yeah. What What of the season? Um, any year that he's had Keenan Allen, any year that he's had Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, mm. Derwin James, Joey Bosa, okay. Melvin Ingram. Okay, I disagree with that just because the coaching staff wasn't that good, uh, in my in, no. in, in, in my opinion. I'm not saying they were garbage, but were they Super Bowl material? No, not in my opinion. Yeah, the players I also, obviously. I also see Philip Rivers obviously. throwing four interceptions a game. Uh, I can't argue with you on that. Uh, one. I, I mean, I, I just I'm not a fan. I've never liked his throwing mechanics. I I've never liked his decision making. And ever since that 2006 season, I think he's been a bum. And the fact that he's still in the league surprises me. <laughs> and I can say the same thing about fucking Eli Manning. Ever since that second Super Bowl win, he has been down the drain. And so, so, so then let's, let's think about it this way. If Eli Manning would have stayed with the Chargers and if Philip Rivers would have gone to the Giants, we'll, we'll talk prior 2012 when both of them started like obviously either falling and ascending falling and ascending uh well Eli Manning never really ascended again but Philip Rivers had his like ascending year and then he would fall back down prior 2012 so that eight-year span where Eli Manning won two Super Bowls Philip Rivers was on a really good Chargers team that almost went to the Super Bowl was making consistent playoffs what do you think would have happened uh, I don't know. Here's the thing about like trading and going to another team. It's the same thing like Drew Brees. Like I don't think Drew Brees would have been what he is if he stayed in San Diego. Yeah, that's, like, that's a fair point. I I think the just the the feeling of a team giving up on you, and mm. you going to another team that is willing to take a chance on you, and having that ship on your shoulder. That is way more motivating than your actual like playing ability and talent. Like Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers are not athletic guys. They're they're just not what the quarterbacks are nowadays. They, they're just they're, they, they were just they're just straight pocket passers. That's all they are. They're pocket passers, they'll make the right decisions. You know, they'll show some really good signs of like throwing power or throwing ability. Uh, more on the Philip Rivers side, more than Eli Manning, but mm. I don't. I mean, I think going to New York or you know staying in San Diego, 
like whatever the case may be, it's like that feeling of like that team gave up on me and I want them to regret it. Yeah. If I'm going to New Orleans as Drew Brees, I want San Diego to know that they made a fucking huge mistake. So I'm going to play to the best of my ability and get better each day that you just don't have that same feeling when you stay at that place. Mm-hmm. So if Eli stayed in San Diego, it's like he'll get a chance, uh, like, undoubtedly at someday. But do I think he'll do the same things he did and the same trust that he built in New York, in San Diego? I just don't believe it. So I don't know, man. I'm just not big fans of either of those quarterbacks. So I'd say if if Eli stays in San Diego, if Phillip goes to New York, whatever, I – I think they'll have good careers, but I don't think either of them would win a Super Bowl. Really? So, yeah. so, so those two Super Bowls that the Giants won would be erased in your mind? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think Eli was the reason why they won those championships. Either mm-hmm. way, I thought it was mm-hmm. defense. So that defense would have been the same. Yeah. I, you could say Eli's the. Patriots kryptonite, but I think not a lot of people are talking about how that defense in those two Super Bowls with, you know, Justin Tuck and Michael, Michael Strahan yeah. were just beast. They held the one of the greatest teams that we've ever seen in 2007. They held Randy Moss and Tom Brady to what? 14 points? 17 points? Yeah, the first one was 14. The second one was like 17. The yeah. most electric offense that we've ever seen and they held them to two touchdowns. Yeah. Like, and you say Eli Manning's the reason he. Uh, I'm not. I'm not getting into it. Yeah, go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. I'm not. I'm not doing this again. So I. I so here, here's here's where I go into like in depth. Um, so that two, 2006 year when the Chargers looked really good and they looked really poised to you know like uh, go to the Super Bowl, their offensive coordinator was Norv Turner, and I think we could both agree that Norv Turner is one of the not greatest minds, but he is one of the best minds to ever like grace the NFL. Yeah. When it comes when it comes to offense, he's just something else. He's so so good, North Turner. You have my respect. Uh, so, do I would have think that Eli Manning would have succeeded with North Turner? I do. Do I think they would have gone to the Super Bowl? Possibly, just because the team that you know Marty Schottenheimer made with uh the with the chargers from that like 2005 to like 2007 season those three years uh now this is where i think it would have been different i think that philip rivers actually would have less of a career than eli manning if he would have went to uh to new york just because like you said we can both agree that that 2007 season was not really eli manning he made the plays don't get me wrong we're we're not we're not – well, you are. I know you don't like him. But I'm not saying that Eli Manning was a bum because he obviously made the plays to get them there. But, you know, the defense was the primary reason why they got to Super Bowl and why they held off the team. However, there was something – there's something about Phillip Rivers that I feel like only worked because of North Turner for a long time. And I don't think he would have gotten that in New York just because – let's be real. That 2007 season, they went nine and seven, barely made it to the playoffs, and that's when all of a sudden they started beating these teams. You know, that 2000 what was it, 2011 season was the yeah. second Super Bowl. Yeah, that's 2011. Almost the same thing. They looked better, the Giants in general, but 
they were still barely beating teams as well. So uh, I I think that I think that maybe Eli Manning probably could have thrived a little more in San Diego than Philip Rivers in New York, because after that 2011 season, the Giants just started falling to disarray because of this man named Dave Gettleman. We've all we all know who Dave Gettleman is, my lord. Um, so yeah, I think it would have been different. Um, there is one thing I want to say though. I only made that what if just to get your reaction. Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> I it's it's too damn early for this. Uh, <laughs> like Philip Rivers is just a stat quarterback. That's all he is. And and you can give all props to North Turner, um, to that offense. Like Love cool. you, North Turner, you're a god. Like you put up all the stats but it doesn't show up. Yeah, at mm. the end. He's probably gonna get in the Hall of Fame, so will Eli, so who the fuck cares about my opinion? I only do a podcast on YouTube, but <laughs> I, I, I'm just not fans of those guys. And I, I'm just, no, I, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to do this. I, I think, I think, uh, <laughs> I, I guess to, to, to finish it off. So I'll put you out of your misery. Uh, my, the final conclusion for me is that I think Eli Manning would have done better in San Diego than Philip Rivers in New York. Just I, because. I think, yeah, I think New York would have been like, look, he's a, he's a hothead. Like he's not getting the job done, so yeah. we got to get rid of him. Also, because you know, like you were saying earlier, before you know, uh, I I put down that like uh, timetable is that you know Philip Rivers has had extremely good players the last couple seasons, and if Eli Manning would have been in that position, he probably could have thrived because right now, if Philip Rivers was in Eli Manning's position a couple of years ago, who would he have besides Odell Beckham? They didn't. They really didn't have a running game. Uh, you know, Evan Ingram didn't come in until 2017, I believe. So they really wouldn't have had an offense. So I, I think Eli Manning would have succeeded more in San Diego. But that's just that's just my opinion. That's a, that's the conclusion. I'll, I'll I won't let you suffer anymore. More stability in San Diego slash Los Angeles with that team would have mm-hmm. been better with Eli Manning. Yeah, I, sure. I would I would agree with that. Yeah. I think I think having a just a smart decision maker, which Eli toward the end of his career just wasn't in my opinion, but he's more stable than Phillip Rivers. So, yeah. Yeah. Those, that 27 interception season. Uh, oh, dear God. Oh, yeah, but uh, Hall of Famer, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I'm going to stick with the multi-sport what if. Okay. In a sense. Because I'm going to go with the guy that I fell in love with after watching his documentary. And ever since then, it's, it's probably one of the most popular what ifs. But to me, it just... It would be amazing, especially with the, the caliber of athletes that are they're coming out nowadays and they're being built to be multi-sport athletes that are just freaks of nature. Yeah. But this okay. was really one of the first freaks of nature that we've ever seen in sports. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Bo Jackson. Oh, man, that what, guy was something What else. if Bo Jackson never dislocated his hip playing with the Raiders uh. in 1991? I mean, he... He played Major League Baseball with the Royals. The Royals, and yeah. I mean, I watch his highlights, man. I watch this his games, and I watch that documentary about fifty times because it's just mm-hmm. amazing what he could do. And I'm like, if he if he would have just stuck to one sport, I mm-hmm. I get it. Like being one of those guys that can do both and does it at such a high level, like Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, these guys are just incredible like they just have a drive and a competitive nature yeah. that is unlike any other match that with a god-given talent of 
like a, a body sculpted by a god with Bo yeah. Jackson. Yeah. And, and one of the first really big athletes to get that much like attention with advertisements, merchandising, like he had his own Nike campaign, which yeah. is weird in that time realm where not a lot of guys did that. But if he would have stuck with baseball, I mean, he was a great outfielder. The man had great speed, a, a fantastic arm. And oh, dude, my, I think I think my man like had one of the first ever cannon arms that baseball's ever yeah. seen. You know, like he could throw anybody from anywhere on the field. He was insane. He could throw from the warning track to home plate and get the guy. It didn't oh, matter God, if he was, he was so good. If he was closer to home than he was to third base, it's it's still Bo. Like you, yeah. you still have to worry. Yeah. Or if you would have stayed with football. And, I mean, the guy was, was like, I think he made the Olympic team for track and field. I think so, yeah. Like, as a quarter, uh, as a running back, you need that speed, but match that with the size of that guy. Oh, he was huge. He was huge. The yeah. most amazing thing to me is when they were talking about his dislocated hip, you know, when he, when he got hurt with the Raiders in that one game against the Bengals. The whole reason why he did dislocated his hip is because he had so much torque and and force put onto that leg when it when it hit the 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 field mm-hmm. that his pelvis his hip area could not handle that much force, so it just dislocated. I'm like, you know what? How much force during a tackle you have to put on to hurt your own body? Yeah, like. That is incredible to me that that's the reason why. He was so good and so powerful that he didn't know his own strength. Like My man ended his, know his own strength. career, unfortunately. And, it, and even after that, like, he, he stuck with, with baseball. You, you saw those moments where he was still the same old bow. I mean, he would, like, I mean, he would do diving catches. He would run against yeah. the wall. And he would hit home. He would hit bombs. His first at bat after coming back from that injury was a home run at home. Yeah, like that is incredible to me. So, I mean, I I wouldn't have gotten to see him play. Like it was it was early '90s, and he would have probably played until I was born, and that yeah. was it. But mm-hmm. imagine, man, like that's one of those those what ifs. Like if you can go back in time, like I I wish I could have gone and seen Jordan play. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, another one of those would have been Bo Jackson. Yeah, so I, I mean, you practically said everything that I was going to say. I mean, Bo Jackson was one of those. I think, I think you could be, you could have the strong argument that Bo Jackson is probably among the list of one of the greatest athletes of all time in general. Just because, oh, yeah. just because he was so good at everything, like you said, he made the Olympic team. He, you know, he was probably, he was regarded as one of the best baseball players at the time. And also he was a freak of nature on the field. And if I remember correctly, you watch the documentary, so you could probably like tell me from right or wrong. I think he said one time in an interview that he preferred baseball over football, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when he played at Auburn, like um, he, he played both, but he just fell in love with, with, um, with baseball. A lot yeah. more. I think mm-hmm. he actually considered Florida State as well as one of those colleges because they were more profound okay. in baseball. Yeah. So I guess to answer your question, what if he picked a sport? He would have obviously gone with baseball. I think we would be talking about Bo Jackson 
in like the regards of just, you know, just Hall of Famer, you know. We'd be talking with him about, like, you know, with like uh, with Mike Piazza, with Roger Clemens, with, you know, uh, you know, Gary Sheffield, you know, just uh, Ricky Henderson, you know, like those players back then in like the late 80s, like early 90s, uh, 70s as well, that just, you know, they defined baseball. And because he was so good, he would have been in that conversation. Um, oh, man. Just, just thinking about it gives me goosebumps because of how good he was. I remember seeing his highlights. So what do I think, like, would have happened? Bo Jackson would have been in the Hall of Fame for baseball by far. He probably would have set records. Uh, and that Los An- uh they were still L.A., right, the Raiders? Yes. Yeah, those that L.A. Raiders team would have been nothing without him because he was, like, their main drive. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. No one else on that team, really. Yeah. So. Yeah, mm. no, he would have gone down as if he had a long baseball career. career. Yeah. In any sport, I, I think yeah. if he would have done football or baseball, you know what he did in such a such a short period of time, he would have gone down as the greatest athlete of all time. Oh yeah, for sure. Without by a doubt. far, it doesn't matter if he makes Hall of Fame in either. He is the greatest athlete, and even today, I still probably consider him the greatest athlete I've ever seen. Yeah. What a what a freak, dude! He's he was so good. Oh my yeah. god, Bo Jackson! All right, Kevin. So, who is next on your list? We just talked about him. Let's. What if Roger Clemens never took steroids? <laughs> That's a good one. What if the Chicago Bears didn't do the dumbest NFL trade in recent history? Mm. And selected Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. What do you think would have happened with that? Let's say okay. Let's say the Chicago Bears go with Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. who. I mean, to be honest, man, I don't think Mitch was the guy. I thought Deshaun was the guy. Mm-hmm. Patrick was next, and then Mitch okay. was the the following. At, the, at the time, this was your opinion. This was my opinion because Deshaun. Okay. Won the national championship. Of course. He beat Bama. He's a great mm-hmm. leader, a great dual threat quarterback. Dabo Sweeney, I trust the guy. I'm going I'm going with, with Deshaun Watson. Okay. I loved watching Patrick Mahomes play in college. Now yeah. I get it. This is where it makes sense that Chicago kind of passed on on um on Patrick because mm-hmm. he was at, at a program that thrived on offense. And yeah. Yes, you can go back to some of those games against, like, let's say, Baylor, against Oklahoma State. That um, game where he had, like, 700 total yards. It was, I think it was at AT&T Stadium where they just threw bombs. I mean, yeah. it was like a 60-point game for each side, and, and yeah. they just they went back and forth. And you, you saw he could throw 60, 70 yards down the field without a problem. Yeah. And in a Big 12 conference that is mainly offense – you mm. would assume that Texas Tech would dominate everybody. Yeah. But that wasn't the case because defense doesn't exist in Lubbock, apparently. And it doesn't really <laughs> exist in the Big 12. It really doesn't. I'm, I'm a Texas fan. I, I should know this. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Cliff had the guy. He had what he wanted in a quarterback. And yet yeah. he only went, like, 500, which in, in yeah. my eyes, if I'm Chicago, I'm like, look, he's a great talent, but I, I just – don't think that system or that 
you know, journey that he had in college would really resonate in the NFL. Like you got to focus on defenses. You, you can't just like route everybody by 60 points and throw mm-hmm. 80 yards down the field. It just doesn't work in the NFL. Yeah. And, and so I think that's why the Chicago bears pass on him, but still you had Sean Watson still Mitch Trubisky had one season at North Carolina. And I was like, okay, like it wasn't the greatest season of all time. They, they literally went like just above 500. I think like they weren't yeah. that good. And the Mitch only re- didn't look that good either. The only reason why they were so high on him was because he had like, what, like 5,000 yards passing or something like that. in that one season or something like that. I mean, and who I, are you playing? Yeah, you're exactly. ACC, like, Exactly. You're playing two good teams, really good teams, and then after that, you just fall off the barrel. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Deshaun would have stayed, I think, in uh, Houston, and then, um, and then Mitch would have gone to to Kansas City if they would have gone with the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, well, because remember, Kansas City traded up. That's right. That's yeah. right. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, that's Andy Reid for you. Yeah. Kansas City traded up to get Mahomes. Dude, it's – I mean, think about how kind of – like, not kind of, how close the Bears were to getting to the NFC Championship with yeah. Mitchell Trubisky as their quarterback and if Eddie Pinero hit that field goal. So, so, so that's exactly where I was going to go with this. What, what I was going to go with, like, okay, obviously, you know, like that first season, you know, uh, he would have been thrown in right away. And, you know, okay, cool. Like, maybe he would have been decent because, you know, uh, that first season the Bears weren't at their prime yet. Their defense was already kind of hitting form, but they weren't at their prime yet. Now, this is this, this is what I was going to get into. Matt Nagy gets hired the following year. We, we all understand that Matt Nagy is not an Andy Reid. We understand this. But Matt Nagy is a very smart, offensive-minded coach. And, you know, uh, that season, like, he made Mitch Trubisky look okay. You know, like, the first, like, half of the season, Mitch looked pretty good because uh, Matt Nagy They put weapons would, around him. Yeah, Matt Nagy was, like, inputting all these plays into the offense that, you know, it made, it made Mitch look good. It, uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, just – like dynamic plays that, you know, it, it fit for him. So I guess that's where I was going to go with this. What if Matt Nagy and Patrick Mahomes teamed up for the foreseeable future? I I think they have a championship caliber defense. Chuck mm-hmm. Pagano has done a phenomenal job. I've said this on the other podcast that yeah. what they've done with their defense is great. I love their defense. I mean, they had weapons. You know, across the board, Prince of Mukamara and um, and uh, Haha Clinton Dix last year, dude. Um, Kyle mean, Fuller, Adrian Amos. I mean, Kyle. Uh, you, you already said Kyle Fuller, right? Yeah. Yeah, Kyle Fuller. And I then, mean. like how I did for the the fantasy draft, I did basically a whole Bears linebacker core because it was Khalil Mack, Raquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, um, and, and I got Khalil Mack. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I still made it work. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and honestly, like those few years before Mitchell really dipped down, they had yeah. some offensive weapons too. They still kind of do, but 
I mean, they have good wide receivers like Allen Robinson. They had Alshon Jeffrey for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought their running backs were stacked, and they just didn't know how to use them. They had Jordan Howard and Terry Cohen at the same time, and they just didn't know what to do with them in the backfield, yeah. which is mm-hmm. horrific. So if you plug in Patrick Mahomes in there, they are winning Super Bowls. In my opinion, oh, they are okay. winning Super Bowls All because right. the foundation of a Super Bowl team is there. Uh-huh. I love Chuck Pagano as a defensive coordinator. Matt Nagy would have been okay enough, I think. Yeah, um, we, because, we agree on that. Yeah. Because they were one field goal away from going to the NFC Championship with a bum quarterback. Yeah. And they somehow won some games last year with a backup quarterback that no one's heard about. Chase Daniel? Chase, yeah. like So imagine putting the caliber of Patrick Mahomes – with those same weapons, with that same defense that would have given him more possessions to score points, you're telling me that they they would route everybody in that NFC North. Like, yeah. like the Packers are good. The Minnesota Vikings are good. But the Bears, like to me, are kind of that team where it's like, if they can get their shit together, man, they can make a no like they can make noise in that division, let alone yeah. the NFC. Because that defense is going to carry them to a to a Super Bowl. So I I, I don't think I can disagree with you at all just because you basically laid out everything that would have worked. I mean, it was that the Matt Nagy got hired, I believe it was 2018, correct? He's been there, I think, three years. Yeah, so 2018 or 2017, what, what, whatever the case may be. Uh, he got hired and then instantly they looked good on offense right away and then they kind of did a little bit but still the point is that he had the playbook to make them look good even with Mr. Bisky. I mean we saw what their defense can do like you said they almost made it to the NFC championship I can agree that if Patrick Mahomes was there they probably would have won Super Bowls and I can also add that because Patrick Mahomes would have been with the Bears and they would have been winning Super Bowls their defense would probably still be intact because they lost a couple of players last season to free right, agency. Yeah, they would have taken less money to, to be with a really yeah. good organization. I mean, let's be real, dude. Like, Adrian Amos left to the Packers, right? Adrian Amos is a really good safety. I like Adrian Amos. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think he would have left to Green Bay if Patrick Mahomes was a quarterback and he basically had almost a guaranteed Super Bowl these past three seasons? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. He would have stayed. Yeah. Uh, you know, Danny Trevathan was, you know, no, who was it? Dan Trevathan's still there. I'm thinking about another linebacker that left. I, I, I'm blanking out. But anyway, my point is that I think players that uh, left Chicago for free agency, they would have stayed because Patrick Mahomes was there. They had a good Super Bowl like run, possibly uh, with the potential. Uh, I think the Bears could have had maybe at least like one or two Super Bowls within the next five to six years. If oh, yeah. Would have been. yeah. 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 They, they just were – you can't stop them on either side of the field. Yeah. You really couldn't. Because, um, I mean, dude, like, like, think about it. Like, imagine having Patrick Mahomes on your offense as the star, and then you have Khalil Mack on the other side. Dude, uh, <laughs> hell no. I wouldn't want to play the Bears. Yeah, <laughs> right. Routed, bro. Right. Get righted on both sides of the ball. I'm cool, man. It's a mercy Shit. Bowl. I'll take the L. I'm all right. Uh, you know what's another one that I saw that kind of ties into that? Like another what, what if? What? It's like what if Lovey Smith never got fired and he stayed? 
So instead of going, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was, it was about time that they moved on from Lovey Smith. Yes. And he was there too long. Yes. And much, uh, just imagine if he stayed like one or two extra years and he got Patrick, he got Khalil. So that, that even that even looks really good with Chuck Pagano, but imagine Lovey yeah. Smith with that defense. So my respect to Lovey Smith because Lovey Smith should be recognized as a very good head coach in his prime, because he built Lovey Smith built the monsters of the Midway while he was there. But mm, I don't know. It's a little. It's, it's a little. I mean, iffy, like, it was just interesting. I was like, oh, I mean, that's a, that's a fair point. Like he's doing really good things right now. Yeah. Like he, he went on to, to Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he was the head coach there. He was a coordinator or a think, head coach? I think he was the head coach because Dirk Cutter got the starting job. Ah, uh, okay. And yeah. Dirk Cutter was, eh, again. But, yeah. So, I, I don't think it would have made that much of a difference. Eh. Eh. I mean, Khalil Mack and Lovie Smith sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, that's a point. Um, uh, your third one, sir. My fourth one. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. Your fourth one. Yeah, yes. we're uh, we we gotta we gotta get through these. Um, yeah. Another guy that could have played baseball. I think there's a trend here. Oh, I know, I know, I know. You're talking about who? Kyler Murray. No. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I should have put that. Well, no, it's too early to tell. Yeah. Um, I'm going with a guy that. Uh, I mean, there's so many things you could talk about with this guy. But I'm going all the way back to 2013. I'm going all the way back to the Superdome in New Orleans on a February day in 2013. Okay. Ravens versus Niners. The blackout Super Bowl. Oh. One play could have made all the difference. Mm -hmm. What if Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers won the Super Bowl in 2013? Colin Kaepernick was all the job. Okay. Uh, now, do you think he still protests? Yes, okay. but think about it this way, and I and I don't want to get into this topic. I'll talk about it very briefly, just because that's not what we're what we're talking about right now. However, Colin Kaepernick does not have a job because he was outed by the NFL in a wrong fashion. However. If Colin Kaepernick had a Super Bowl, and he would have been the MVP, yes, because he carried that team in that comeback. Oh, dude, I, that season's just great. Yeah, I, I love that Colin Kaepernick back then was. He ooh. was he was so good. Wait, wait uh, unfortunately, wasted talent for the wrong reasons is what I'll say. Um, if Colin Kaepernick was a Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl winning quarterback, he still would have protested. I have no doubt against that. But things would be different because, first of all, we all know he still has the talent. But with those accolades next to his name, he would still have a job right now. That's that's my he way. Would have answer. some job for he sure. Would. Yeah. No. 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 He would. Well, the league's kind of changed, but it still fits his. System. I mean, he he would be what? Yeah. I mean, he's probably eight or nine years into his career, and yeah. a quarterback like that who uses his legs pretty well. I mean, he had a devastating arm so yeah. he, he he still has a throwing power um he, i think he would have adjusted to the newer ways of, of a quarterback 
to how to play he would, it. He would be a starting quarterback right now, in my opinion. He still should be, in my opinion. Yeah. There's plenty yes. of teams out there that I think you have a bum as your starting quarterback. Chargers, please. But, you know, that's they not have no quarterback at this point. We don't know yeah. about Justin Herbert and Tyrod Taylor is just a placeholder. But he's yeah. not a starting quarterback. You know, you know what always blew my mind about Colin Kaepernick, and I'll I'll never forget, dude. Did you see, like, it, it was it was like whenever he would throw cross patterns or like post patterns. Some quarterbacks have to airmail that ball. My man was a bullet. Yeah, he, he would th- he would he's throw. A pitcher. He's a pitcher. He would throw forty yard passes as a bullet. And and you know what? I feel bad for those receivers because they probably dislocated. They probably broke their fingers catching the ball from Kaepernick. My God, he's throwing fastballs. He's throwing heat, bro. He played pitcher at um at um was it University of Nevada? I uh, honestly I don't know. I'm pretty sure he played college baseball and he was a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And then I remember like one Sunday night they showed like a tracker of how fast he's throwing these footballs. It was like was it, wasn't it the divisional game against the Packers? He did everything in that fucking divisional game. I yeah, just remember the read options they they would run. Clay Matthews looked so confused. I mean, he yeah. had never seen a read option before in his life, and it was because of how well Colin Kaepernick did. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, he would have protested. Oh, he and, he still would have. I know that. Like, it, it would have. I don't know if the NFL would have handled it correctly that time, but they would definitely look in the mirror and said, look, we have one of our Super Bowl winning quarterbacks and one of the best players in the league right now telling us that we're doing something wrong. And I feel like it wouldn't be the sense of him just losing his job and then being blackballed by the NFL and not getting a, a starting job elsewhere, especially with all these like head coaches saying, like, oh, he's a great talent. You know, anybody would be lucky to have him as a quarterback, and like we we would love to have him here. But then they never they never do anything about it. They literally just yeah. just say those things, but never actually. You know, they they don't do the action. They just speak the action. It's it's all talk. It's all talk. Yet you can't tell me that with a quarterback like that, that would have won a Super Bowl, that he wouldn't at least be on a team, let alone yeah. be a starter. And if it's still the case of him winning Super Bowl kneeling during the national anthem and then getting blackballed again and not having a job now, that's even worse. And that's even a worse look for the NFL because that is specifically like there is no talent like that, that you can find that has Super Bowl championship caliber already built in them and already has them in their career. Yeah. I, I I mean, don't get me wrong. I am not in any way comparing Colin Kaepernick to Patrick Mahomes because, you know, they're both very, very different quarterbacks. However, if Patrick Mahomes would have been in Colin Kaepernick's situation and he was the one kneeling, I think we would have – I think it's very obvious we would have had a very, very different reaction to Patrick Mahomes and Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. So, you know – it's rough. Uh, I'm not going to get into it, but it's, it's a rough situation. But to answer your what if, he would still be a starting quarterback in the NFL, 100% in my opinion. Because with Patrick Mahomes, they would have taken it more seriously. Yeah. But unfortunately for Colin Kaepernick, that was a time when he was really dipping. And 
hard coach hardball the 49ers organization was just on a crash course to failure yeah in their entire organization that's when they had to rebuild unfortunately if you know Colin Kaepernick did this in his prime years 2012 2013 like they they would have it would have been a different response would have been a different response i mean yeah. it, was, it was a different time in in the country but still i mean they they have a big figure like that doing things like that rather than a okay quarterback on a failing team trying to get attention then the storyline's different yeah Dude, Colin Kaepernick, so fun to watch. I love him. All right. All right. Let's uh let's run through these because we're kind of yes. running out of time. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this one this one shouldn't be that long, so it's good. Uh, what if the Rams get called for pass interference in the NFC Championship game in 2018? Um, the Saints win that game. Obviously. That now, do was... they win? Do they win the Super Bowl? It was, was that the NFC Championship? Yes, that was the NFC Championship. Now, this Super Bowl has been brought up many times on this podcast by you, and you loved it because you called it a mental game between Sean McVay and Bill Belichick. Now, in this scenario, it would be Sean Payton versus Bill Belichick. What if Super Bowl 53 was Saints versus Patriots? Oh, man. That would have been so nice. It would have been Drew so nice. Brees. Oh, dude, the the Saints that year were amazing. Gods. They were gods. Let's be real. They, in my opinion, they were by far the best team in the NFC. They were, I know. They were I know so the Rams on every side of the field. I know the Rams were electric. I know the Rams were studs. Some people were calling them like the greatest show on turf version two, which I think was a stretch. But still, I understood they were electric. But the Saints were monsters all around the field. Defense, offense, they could do it all. They were insane. In my opinion, I think the Saints would have had their second championship. Wish on Payton. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand Bill Belichick would have probably played them the same as tough as they did the Rams. But I think a good argument could be said that Bill Belichick played a mental game Versus second-year Sean McVay, third-year Jared Goff, it would have been different against, what, 12th-year Sean Payton, clear veteran, amazing head coach. 50-year Drew Brees. 50-year Drew Brees, but still Hall of Fame Drew Brees that knows what he's doing. One of the best quarterbacks that we've ever seen in our time. I mean – Let's be real. That game would have been very different, and I think the Saints would have won that game personally. The Saints opinion. would have taken a lot more chances. They would have been a lot more aggressive than the Rams. Oh, for for sure. The Rams played very defensively. That's just Sean Payton. Like that's what he does. Yeah. Is it wrong for me to still say the Patriots would have won? No, you you can never. Uh, <laughs> you know, even though I'm saying that the Saints would have won, I still understand that you can never really bet against Brady and Belichick. Exactly. So. Oh, no, I mean, you're not wrong. I wanted the Saints to win that year. They were, Same. to I me, the too. best team in the NFL. Uh, I I yeah, thought on yeah, all cylinders, yeah. they hit every box with mm. with passing game and Drew Brees, running game and Alvin Kamara, and, um, and Mark, uh, Mark Ingram. Boom and zoom. Dude, they, that is a tandem duo that is unbelievable. Michael yeah. Thomas, Willie Sneed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
on defense. I mean, they had just Cameron Jordan. Cameron Jordan. That was probably Marshawn the best Lattimore. year. Yeah. The, the the youth, but but very good talent in the secondary and their linebacker core. I've been a fan of their linebackers for years. They they just did a phenomenal job with their linebackers. So I thought they were the most complete team in the NFL. Yeah, they really were. They were so good. But something about the Patriots, just just something. I can't go wrong with them. I can't. I, don't, I mean, I don't blame you, dude. I don't. I mean, been, I even, I even have my doubts as well. Offense against defense, because defense, I mean, Stephon Gilmore is, like, showing out. So, yeah, I, I think I think it would have been a really good game. Honestly, I think it would have been the same, like, result. Like, it would have been a very defensive battle. Like, not a lot of points scored. And I think Do you Patriots... think it would have been, like, 17-10, 17-14 Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah, yeah. instead of 10-3, but yeah. still low scoring. Yeah, yeah I mean, Sean Payne's going to take the shots, but I, yeah. I think Bill would have been prepared for it. Okay, fair but that, that is a... That, that, fuck, dude. It's a good one, huh? It's a good one. And you know what? Fuck that, that goddamn play, man. It has done that nothing. Is... It has done nothing for the league. No, it hasn't at all. You tell me you can review pass interference past that point. So we can't review that one that made the rule. But every time now that somebody touches a wide receiver, we can we can call for a pass interference. And last year, literally more than like 80% of the calls that were was said a failure. W- yeah. was a failure. Like they, they didn't yeah. change the, the, the call. What's the point of the rule? If you can if you can challenge a pass interference, why not do holding? Because holding happens every every play. Pass interference yeah. happens every play. So what's it's, the point? What is yeah, the dude, point? It, it's uh, it, it was it's really it was really just a, a pity rule change to be honest. But uh, it was a it was like sorry we fucked up to the New Orleans Saints. Oh, yeah. but the following year you also will get fucked by the refs. So congratulations. The Saints the Saints have gotten fucked three years in a row, and I feel really bad for them. I have a friend that's a I have a friend that's a Saints fan, and ugh, poor guy. They should have at least one Super Bowl. They should Once in these past three years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Drew Brees deserves better. He deserves, uh, well, to, ooh, he deserves ooh. to ride off in the sunset with the Saints. Well, well, well. Actually, I I think they should maybe have two Super Bowls. You don't think they could have beaten the Eagles? Oh hell yeah! In, oh, in the, the Minnesota Miracle. Yeah. I think they could have beaten the Eagles in that championship. Well, considering that the Vikings got plummeted, blown out. Yeah, yeah, in the NFC Championship, they it would have been two. hard because it's in Philly, and yeah. they were just rolling. Well, no, it, no, it would have been, it would have been it in New Orleans. It would have been in New Orleans. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, that's different. Yeah. That's different. Uh huh. Yeah. Different. Okay. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So the last one. What is the last one on your list? You know, I just, I was going through the drafts and I was like, what move, other than Patrick Mahomes, Mitchell Trubisky, like, mm-hmm. what would have been, a, a weird like scenario, and okay. fun to watch. There are, okay. there are two to come to mind. Okay. The first one is, what if Cleveland went with Lamar Jackson over Baker oh, in that in that man. one NFL draft where every quarterback to me is just eh. in that top ten is eh right now. Yeah, I still believe in Baker, but for right now he's eh. And Lamar Jackson, right. who was the third two overall pick in that draft, would have went first. Huh. So, so you're basically saying, uh, what would happen if the number one pick and the number thirty two pick switched? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, in my opinion, Lamar Jackson would have failed in Cleveland. Yes, only because Hugh Jackson was still the head coach. He he didn't know what to do with him. He wouldn't yeah. know what to do with him. And no, like you said not. earlier, 
like you said earlier, the Baltimore Ravens have built an offense on Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Not around him, on Lamar Jackson and what he can yeah. do. Exactly. No other team can really do that. Like they, they haven't to me, they haven't like built an offense around a quarterback. They just support the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But in Baltimore, it's like we have something special. Yeah. We need to make sure he's taken care of and that he shines. Because everything else from that point on will shine. Yeah. Even if we don't have the best wide receivers. Like they were one of the worst passing game offenses in the league last year. That didn't fucking matter. They're 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 scheduled to win every game this season. They're supposed to go nineteen and zero. I mean, it's it's sound logic, don't you think? But yeah, a lot uh, of NFL teams decide not to do it. <clears throat> Cowboys. So um, whatever. Um, yeah. If he goes to Cleveland, then he has to go with Hugh Jackson, and then he goes with Freddie Kitchens, and by then, we have a scrambling running quarterback that doesn't use his arm, and now he's you know, basically out of Cleveland and he has to find another job because they're going to have to move on to another quarterback. Lamar Jackson would have been out of Cleveland by year three. That's what would have happened. Yeah. I agree. So, uh, thank God. Thank God. No. Uh, I mean, it worked out in favor yeah. uh, for the, for the Ravens. Now, what about yeah. this one? Okay. In 2014, when I was, I was, I was seeing when Johnny Manziel with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. I was seeing all those picks, you know, Jadion Clowney was number one overall pick in 2014. And it's safe to say that he's really disappointed in the NFL. Well, well, because of injury. Right. But 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 nevertheless, still still a failure. And, I mean, he's he's had his better years, in my opinion, in Seattle. But even then, it's not what you expect. You you expect a J.J. Watt, right? I mean, Jadavion Clowney, in my opinion, has been a very good player when he's healthy. It's just, unfortunately, those, like, three seasons that three or four seasons they got injured, it hurt him. And I could understand where you're coming from. So, yeah. Prove my point. Okay. So what if, in 2014, with the number one overall pick, with J.J. Watt already been there three years? Okay. What if the Houston Texans selected... Aaron Donald. Oh, my God. Aaron Donald came out of the 2014 NFL draft. He got picked, like, mid-teens by the, wow. by the, by the Rams. So what if, uh, on the inside, you had Aaron Donald, and on the outside, you had J.J. Watt? What? Oh. Would have wasted his career, essentially, because of Bill Bryan. Because of the coach that, you know, isn't a coach, yeah. But think about how many times they are in the wild card game against the Raiders and they can't get a stop. Wow. Because J.J. Watt's hurt, whether Jadavion Clowney's hurt, or their defense can't do shit against fucking Mike Glennon. Or Mike Glennon. I don't know, yeah. fucking whatever bum they put on instead of Derek Carr. Oh, it was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, um. Uh... Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Wazowski. It was like, oh, oh, Matt McGloin. There you go. That was his name, Matt McGloin. Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. He, he almost won a Super Bowl. But we got Matt fucking McGloin <laughs> as your as your starting quarterback. Hey, let's oh go McGloin. Jesus, uh, if Aaron Donald would have been with the Texans, 
he still would have won Defensive Player of the Year just because he's a freak of nature. Tevin, Tevin, th- think about how many times either Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt have de- won Defensive Player of the Year over these last, like, 10 years. Oh, my God. It's bro. more than half. Imagine yeah. having them on the same fucking team. Imagine having J.J. Watt for three years and then having Aaron Donald for four or five years under a rookie contract. Yeah. What? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that – I'm thinking wait, that just wait a couple JJ more Watt. years you get Deshaun Watson. I'm thinking that just JJ Watt and Aaron Donald probably could have carried the Texans to like the divisional round. Just oh them God, two. Then you don't need the defense. You got those two. Just those two. Just 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 let those two go out in the field. And before he could even throw a ball, the quarterback's already on the oh, ground. I mean, he's done. He's done. He's you done. can't run That's the ball. It. You're scared to throw. You're scared. It's like it's like a uh, water boy. You remember that one part in, in, in uh, Waterboy where like the the quarterback's like scared to get hit? Oh yeah, and, yeah. Like, Bobby uh-huh. Boucher yeah. is like, oh, mama, like he's yeah, and, like, yeah. The guy's going back and forth, just, and he's like, don't hurt me. Like that. Oh, that's how God. it is. In, yeah. Like, Aaron Donald and and fucking JJ. Well, could could that possibly be argued as one of the best defensive duos in the past decade ish? If that would have happened, anything comes close. Yeah, I think that could have been the best. Like defensive duo in a long time. That's, Ooh, that's, 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 that's like fantasy type shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Last what if scenario. I just thought that was crazy. And uh, this is the one that I was telling you about. That if it's a, it's a it's a custom one that I had to do a little bit more research on. So after the third eight and eight season by Jason Garrett, 2011, 2012. 2013 three straight and eight seasons what if the cowboys fired jason garrett after that 2013 season and at the time there were two prominent and you know uh very well accoladed head coaches on the market at the time don't hurt me don't hurt named andy reed and bruce arians Oh no, I broke Lutz. Oh, dude, his I think they showed his last game with the Arizona Cardinals because this mm-hmm. was the year that he retired. So uh, the, the the championship game one, or, or the divisional round? The divisional round. I don't the, know. The the the, no. the Larry the Larry Fitz crazy play against the Packers. Yeah, or like they a won long time ago, bro. Wasn't that his last game, or no. when, when did he leave Arizona? So like just a few years ago, it was like 2018. Oh, okay. My my timetable's off then. Anyway, continue. no, I don't think they made the playoffs that year. But um, so he's in the locker room and he just uh, he just he he just says how much he loves the players. Like he he oh dude, it's it's such a great great documentary on him, mm-hmm. and he you just see the love that he has for the sport, and yeah. how much charisma and flavor he brings to the table in a locker room. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be great to have him with the Cowboys? Yeah. You know, Andy Reid, oh, my God, imagine what he could do with Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. But I, I personally, out of the two of them, I would prefer Bruce Arians. I okay. think what he's doing in Tampa is really good, and it shows what he could have done in, in Dallas. Yeah. But, man, I mean, I, I feel the same way with, like, it, those those two names sound really good. I would prefer those two. But I also mm-hmm. had a period of time where I was like, when John Gruden was was wanting jobs, like he wanted to coach again, I was like, mm-hmm. 
wouldn't it just make sense for him to come to Dallas? Like <laughs> John Gruden like, as a cowboy, would, he would just fit in. Like everybody yeah. would love him. And I, I don't know if they would have won champion, championships because what he's done with the Raiders so far, it's not been spectacular. And he has like what seven more years on the contract. Yeah. But man, th- this is the same thing that I said when Jason Gary got fired, or right before he got fired. I, if I fail. If my team fails, if the Dallas Cowboys fail to make a playoff, fail to win a championship, whatever the case may be, I I don't want to fail anymore with Jason Garrett. I'm not willing to yeah. die with Jason Garrett anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm throwing him in a different grave. Like, I'm done with him. I've been done with him for five years. If I go down with a new head coach, and we, you know, we just don't make it as, as a team, as a fan base, as a community, we don't make it to a certain point, hey, man, it's something different. It, it's yeah. something that I feel like you're, you're willing to change. And it's a good change because you've given enough time to Jason Garrett and you're yeah. going to give this guy another three or four years to really make a change for this organization. And in that time, if you don't make it that far, hey, man, you gave it a shot. At least you tried. Yeah. But when you're so used to it for ten seasons, eight and eight every season, except for maybe one or two exceptions, like – it, it, you get stale. Like you can't eat yeah. pizza every day and expect to love it the same day that, that you first started. Yeah. Like I never loved Jason Garrett, but I liked him at first. And then the pizza got stale. Yeah. So if I can eat a fucking burger, which in this case would be Bruce Arians, Andy Reid, in this case Mike McCarthy as well. Hey man, I'll I'll eat that till I fucking die and it gets stale again. <laughs> because yeah. if that burger's the best burger I've ever had. It's the change that you made is what what's what's the best. I love pizza. I'll love pizza to death. But eventually, man, you just need to eat something else. Yeah. And it was so, about damn time. Th- th- think about it this way. So 2014 was the season the 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 Des the Des the Des didn't catch it season. You're just bringing up all these shit memories. Uh huh. I don't like I- you right now. <laughs> yes, you do. So. The imagine if Andy Reid was the was the head coach at the time, what he could have. Tony Romo was already playing at an elite level that year. What if Tony Romo had Andy Reid behind him to just teach him everything? And then, fair enough, you know, Tony Romo still gets hurt, unfortunately. What if Dak Prescott had has Andy Reid as his head coach? What if all these offensive schemes come to Dallas? And that's just Andy Reid. What if Bruce Arians comes in? Because Bruce Arians has a reputation to turn around teams, as we all know. What if he comes in and that 2015 season never happens because of Bruce Arians? What if he what if he picks Dak, he picks Zeke, and he just rides out this wave like he did with the Cardinals for about a good, what, four or five years, right? I mean, my man turned Carson Palmer from a bum that came, you know, well, he wasn't a bum, but... Hold it wasn't on a bum, there, big fella. Hold on, there, big bum. fella. I know he wasn't a bum. Let, let, let me let me rephrase this. Carson Palmer left a pretty good situation, but to injury, he got he got uh, he got traded to the Raiders. But then he went to Arizona, and he revitalized his career there because of Bruce Arians. And Carson Palmer looked damn good. He looked damn good in Arizona. So, man, it would have been too. It would have been. Two amazing scenarios in both Andy Reid and Bruce Arians that could have transformed the Cowboys. I feel pain. You do feel pain. I don't because I'm numb. I've already said it multiple times. (laughs) It's numb. 
just no. That's all I feel now with these bum ass Cowboys. When you said Andy Reid and Tony Romo, Andy Reid and Dak Prescott, the chills that went through my body right now. For for those that are not watching this podcast, because we're like fifteen hours in, like I I just I lean back my chair, mm-hmm. and I I mean you can't see what's under my like my torso, what's under this camera. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. Yeah, a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of pain. Yeah, that's the life of Cowboys fan, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you, Kevin, for ruining my day. You still love me, though. Fuck off. Because <laughs> now i got to think about that for the rest of the day. That's all right, man. We uh, we both have to. And yeah. so do millions of other cowboys. Well, I wouldn't say millions, but also There's thousands. Millions. Of- what the fuck are you talking what about? Millions? One million cowboy fans? Oh come on! That's, that's, yeah, I, I could see that. I could, that's Dude, actually, yeah, I could say millions. Uh, there's like what 360 million people in in the United 300, States. 350. Yeah, I could say millions. Okay, okay, U.S. <laughs> census. You're telling me that not fucking one percent of that, two percent of that are Cowboys fans? No. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a good point. Let alone in like, like worldwide or like Mexico. Especially like, in Mexico, it's either Cowboys fans or Raiders fans. And there's a lot of people in Mexico. Yeah. Tell me millions. Jerry Jones has built this enough. How dare you? I, I, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking like, a. That's, that's very disrespectful of you to say that there's not millions of Cowboys fans. It's called a brain fart. Leave me alone. Whatever. <laughs> God. Uh, okay. <laughs> Is that it? Is that it? I, yes, I, I that's it. That's Jesus all the what is we got for us. Why do we keep saying that these episodes are going to be short? Like, this is going to be a short one. I think we're like an hour and a half in. It's cause, I'm supposed to be at the store right now. Because these what if scenarios are good, that's why. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right, people. This is going to do it for episode 149 of the Bubble at Sports podcast. Bubba Bunch, I appreciate you for making it this far. Uh, you're probably like three years older now, thanks to us. But um, do all all the shit. Um, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, uh, YouTube, El, El YouTube. El Make sure to subscribe, leave a like, comment down below. What are your biggest what ifs? If you agree, disagree with us, share it with your neighbors, share it with your dog, share it with that weird guy in your fucking bush right now, because my guy, he's he's already subscribed, so we're chilling. Jerry, how do you know? Oh, you know, talk to Um, everyone. But uh, yeah, let's get to a hundred subscribers. You know, it's it's about damn time. It it really is. You know, I watched a video where I I put it on Snapchat. It was like when we first got sixty. Oh, nice. I mean, I was I was I was giggling like a little (laughs) schoolgirl. But yeah, so on the road to one hundred, we're at eighty-two right now. Please. Do do what you can for the Bubble Let Sports Podcast. Be a part of the Bubble Bunch. And, and let's get some more people involved. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time on the Bubble Let Sports Podcast. Yeah, hold on. Tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. Now, would you lose if it been a bad?